Hi there and welcome to a new episode. Today we have Mark Fenolosa on our podcast. He's the director of wholesale for Mango. Mango is, as you might know, uh, a really large fashion company. I see it every day as I walk uh, to the office. And uh, yeah, what I usually say is, uh, Mark, introduce yourself, tell the people what you do currently, where you are in your life, uh, so they have some context about you. Thanks for the invitation. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm currently, since two years ago, um, I'm the director of wholesale at Mango for America, Africa, uh, Middle East, and Europe. Okay, heading the uh, that department, responsible of the PNL for Mango in the channel of the wholesale. Okay, Mango has three channels. I would say the corporate stores the online um, channel and also the wholesale okay so since more or less two years ago um, I came back to Mango which is so this is the second like my second cycle in in Mango so just to head that department the, the wholesale and transform it from um, I would say um, a, a department where, where, where we were just taking care of our partners uh, to a department who are leading their business and working on a long-term relationship with them. So that's been mainly the goal for these two years in, 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 the, in, in that project at Mango. So obviously um, my first question is because I am not in a physical business. So I always wonder what does somebody in wholesale do? How like big is a team? I can imagine the teams that you manage are bigger than a normal digital business. Um, how does the day-to-day look like, the process, and maybe also interesting mm-hmm. from a startup perspective, like a smaller company to look at a giant, well, Mango at this point is pretty much a giant, um, and kind of to see and, kind of, yeah, tell us, how's your day-to-day look mm-hmm. like? So mainly the wholesale business, it's a B2B business, means that from, from my side, from, from my side, from Mango side, we are selling the collection, we are selling the, the stock to our franchisees who, who they have uh, Mango stores, like Mango regular stores, but, uh, and they resale, they resale the, the garments and the clothes, okay? So from my side, from Mango side, I'm um, creating value, I'm creating um, revenue, I'm creating um, profit from Mango side by selling those items, those garments to our franchisees, okay? And uh, that's, that's from Mango side, but I'm also taking care of the, um, the, the, the sales of our franchisee from B to C, means from their stores, okay, to the cust- final customers in order to because at the end, if they are, if their business, if the, if our franchise business is is doing really good, they're they're having a great sales, they're having great revenues and an amazing profit. Of course, they will come to me and they will buy me more garments, no? And they will make our business bigger and bigger. Okay. So, so from my side, what we are doing, we have, I would say, we have different timings, no? First of all, we have the pre-season timing, okay? So it's uh, pre-season timing means that um, um, it's where we are preparing the collection, we are preparing the season, okay? 
where we analyze what our franchise needs, okay, what they need, because at the end we have um, the goal of our wholesale is that we are we are able to customize the strategies to our partners, to our franchises, okay? means that Mango has an, a, an average strategy, wherever it is over and, and it's far away from that strategy because it's a South Hemisphere, because it's a smaller shops like corners, like in department stores, because the customer is quite different, like in the Middle East and you need to adapt a lot, no? Wherever it's far from the average and needs a, customiz a customization strategy in terms of collection, in terms of shipments, in terms of price, wherever okay that's the meaning of our department okay that's why we, we we work on that that's why we need the partner okay to create value by their their knowledge on the market okay so from my side we have first of all we have the pre-season where we prepare the collection we we we, we analyze um the historical what we uh, we prepare our forecast then we present to them the collection okay how we present to them the collection we have uh four showrooms per year we organize showrooms in barcelona where we present the collection okay we have i would say we have two collections autumn winter spring summer in each collection we have two showrooms means that four showrooms per year so i would say one showroom for autumn one showroom for winter okay and a part of this physical showroom we have an e-commerce we have an e-commerce b2b where they can buy online the collection okay so First we have the pre-season, then pre-season preparing the collection, then we have the buying moment where they are buying the collection, okay? Uh, remember that we have more than 3,000 models by season, means that 6,000 uh, models per year, because we are a fast fashion company, means that we have novelty every month. What so, do you mean with models, uh, as in co uh, um, clothes garments, models? Yeah, yeah, like uh, model colors. Yeah. Yeah, like new garments. We have uh, 6,000 models, new garments per, per year. Means that we have novelty. Like, how do you produce? Because normally you have a big fashion company and then uh, pretty much what you're explaining. But how does how do you produce three? That, that's not one person producing it, I'm assuming. No, we have, I mean, because we are um, we are taking the collection from the mango collection, like general collection, okay? So what, so what we are doing is in the, I mean, of course we are working on the general collection from Mango, from Mango collection, the, the same collection that we are sending to our corporate stores and the same collection that we are sending to our um, online store. Okay. But it's true that we have a special team where we send to them our special requests, like for Arabic, like for Arabic collection uh, for Middle East, or we have like a, for our online partners, we have a special collection as well. For our Latin American markets, we have a special models as well. So you're so, in between the fashion designers and the franchisees. So exact, exactly. So I, I would say that Mango has a buying team and design team. Okay, and they are creating, they are create, designing and buying the collection. I would say creating the collection for the three channels. Okay, then each of these three channels has to sell this collection. Means that. Um, I'm selling that that collection to our franchises. Okay. How many franchises does Mango have then? We have more than 100 franchises. All over the world. We have, yeah, all over the world. We have more than 100 because we have a lot of franchises in Germany where we do have a lot of we we are um, we have representation in a lot of department stores and in Germany in Germany you know that it's 
Um, there are a lot of department stores with with a lot of family business. So each of the department stores used to be one uh, one franchise one franchisee. Then we have also franchises in Middle East. We have franchises in in America, all around America, in more or less one one franchisee per country. I would say, okay. So we have a lot of franchises. So what my responsibility is to um, sell mango collection, general collection. Of course, ask for special needs for my franchises, and then sell the best mix of products and with the right quantities, with the right um, assortment to our franchises and makes their business profitable and as much as they can because as much as they sell as much as they will buy to me but how do you how do you how can you influence how they run their business because 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 we have all the data we have all daily data we know everything i mean we manage our franchise stores as a corporate stores okay we manage i mean we have the same data we know what they're selling, how much they're selling, um, what they are not selling, of course. And then we are also traveling to those markets um, to know deeper the customers, to know deeper the markets, whatever. So, um, so there's a there's a uh, there's a hard work preparing the sermons to our franchises. Then there's a hard work presenting the the the, the, the sermons and the collection to our franchises. Of course, they have the last word to say, okay, I will buy this, I will not buy this, but they, each time they are coming to the showroom, each time they are getting into this online e-commerce, they have a proposal from our side, whatever we are proposing, because it's, it's, we have uh, no new garments like every week, every week, so we need to work very closely, very close with them. And then once we start the season, we analyze how they are running the business, okay? their sales and their margin with the plan, with the forecast, we are, we are um, following up. And of course, we are reading and reacting all the time. If we have to do promotions, if we, have, if we need new models that we didn't propose to them and they didn't buy it, if we need a replenishment, if we need uh, price reductions, if we need, you know, um, we need to change the stores because, I don't know, we have top families with, where they are in the bottom of the store and we need to put in the entrance. And that's how we are making their business more profitable. Of course, of course, we um, we know their P&Ls, we know their um, margins, whatever. And then we manage also their sales price, their sales strategy. You know, that's how we make their we make their business as much as profitable as possible. So the franchisees are like small business owners but with the benefit of the global team of mango exactly that's the point that's the value that we are adding also to this. but isn't it um scary for them maybe to um because you guys do online as well right yeah you mean we have we have online partners and physical partners i mean like i would say offline stores but doesn't the online? Oh, you don't have online stores or partners that sell your stuff online? Because yeah, yeah, we do. We, yeah, we, we do. So, so then, how do the offline franchisees feel about possible online people stealing part of their revenue? Well, I, I'm assuming that's how they might feel. Yeah, I, I mean, usually, I would say, um, in most of our countries, each franchisee has the right to sell their garments in the same country. 
means that usually we don't have two different partners in the same country okay actually actually um, uh, most probably it's not it's not about i mean it's it's not regarding the question but what happened what has happened with that crisis of coronavirus is that we have opened new like online channels with the offline partners in those markets okay oh so you do that together with them exactly exactly for example in ecuador uh, with our partner in ecuador we are now opening our online business in ecuador in in uh, in saudi saudi arabia we are doing the same no so uh that that's the way we that's the way we work uh, we go together with the like the offline and the online in order to um take profit as well because at the end we have the stock there so it's usually much better to you know to optimize that and they they have the knowledge uh it's it usually yeah because that, that's actually Better. you already covered it that was going to be my next question how does the coronavirus affect your fashion business then well i mean i, I would lie if i say nothing happened because when it's did like, it really start like the coronavirus obviously had stages but when how were you guys prepared i can imagine that was part of your team to kind of be aware of what was happening when did you guys start seeing something? How did you start acting? Hmm. We, I mean, as, as we have partners in Taiwan and Vietnam and China, okay, we started with the coronavirus crisis in January. Okay, uh, in January, because, you know, in Korea as well. So that crisis started in, in, in January and February on those countries. But I have to say that as most of the people in Europe, nobody was expecting something like that. Okay, right. from I, from more or less from one day to another one, uh, the world was closed, and most of our stores were closed, offline stores. Okay, and it was a, it, it was like, um, like one day one country was closing, and then the, the other day the country was closing. So, in in one week, like most of our countries were closing we had the chance to keep selling by our online partners even though for i mean i would say for the last two weeks of march where the world was closing even though even the online partners were selling not pretty much okay um so what uh once this crisis started what we did is of course we stopped our shipments okay in order to not push to our partners in terms of finance way okay because at the end mm, as they are closing the stores i mean what we did is think we, we, we started thinking as a franchisee okay like what do what do our franchise need and what did what what they need on on that time is to reorganize the shipments um reorganize and uh, the forecast like we did the forecast again like when do the first thing we did is stopping the shipments then we work on the forecast okay when are we when are we planning to reopen and how are we planning to have the sales okay we had the experience and we had the historical numbers from vietnam korea china were okay on those countries okay so we didn't we weren't we weren't expecting to reopen before of may okay so that's and we create different different scenarios okay once we had these scenarios and these forecasts, we started working on the 
buying, okay? Because we had we had a buying, we had a um, an assortment waiting to pending to be sent here in Barcelona, okay? That didn't work for didn't work for this new reality. So we had to change, we had to change everything. We had to change the orders. We had to change the um, assortment plan. We had to change the launching of new garments, okay? So uh, it's because what we couldn't do to our franchisee is okay to push them to send and make them pay to us okay uh, all these stuff that we had pending pending to be sent just because as mango we need the money we need the money okay because at the end if we if we um, if we did that at the end um, we were killing our franchises so we first see it and say okay we need to be very close to our franchises on these difficult moments um, help them uh, on the um, negotiation with the landlords supporting with, with that um, we have to change all the sermon we have to reforecast everything okay and and that's that's how we did. we customized the strategy country by country country by country uh, that's how we did it that's how we did it and, and and at the end that's how we are doing it right now because we don't have yet all countries reopened so we are still on that so how big is your team then that because that's like for every country and every franchisee moving 15, that fast 15, 15 people one five right one five yeah one five here how yeah, do you do all of five. that with 15 people we we create a template for the reforecast okay where we were um uh saying okay reopening date and there and then the trend of sales that we were expecting when once they open and and with that information of course we did a lot of conference calls with them and this and and that's how we create a new strategy uh, at the end we just throw it uh throw throw the, the old strategy and we create a new one that's, so it's all possible was... how big is mango in total we have uh, more than 2000 stores and 2.2 billion us so, I mean team. How big is the team? Like, not franchisees, just like the mango. La mango, mango. It's four thousand. Wow. Four thousand in Spain, like ten thousand in in worldwide. Crazy. Um, maybe a little bit more personal question because we're already on the topic. But how's because you live in Barcelona, which by the way, when Corona hit, um, we were there for a Mobile World Congress, um, mm -hmm. and it was that week where everything started closing. So we were like in Spain still, but I had no idea that when I left Barcelona that it would be that like crazy there. How mm -hmm. has it been from your perspective, just like as a person in Spain, like how is everything now? I heard that things are reopening. Yeah, it, it, it's been, mm, it's, it's, it's crazy because we are already in mid of the year, almost like, not, not mid of the year, but we, we are almost in June. And it looks like the world was stopped in March. So I, I cannot believe we are we are already in June. So from from this side, that that's the first point. Then also, I, I have to say that the reality was even more impressive than the movies, you know, because here, I mean, from one day to another one, um, the streets were um, empty. Everybody was at home, you know, nobody was leaving their, ha their their homes so it was very shocking you know for for everyone and even the number of deaths were increasing day by day like 600 700 uh, 800 well, like 1000 you know so 
I, we, we had few days where things were uh, like uh, not under control, you know, that like uh, nobody, nobody understood what was happening and was, things were crazy. And from one side we had that situation and from the other side we were working like 14 hours per day just working, you know, because at the end uh, we had um, a shock for our business. So we need to customize everything. We need to redo whatever we um, spend like several weeks to do, you know, doing it. So it was like a shocking, you know, it was like a, a shock because we had um, two situations, very extreme situations, you know, and it was like that. And, uh, those days we have, we have reopened already, you know, the shops here in Spain, not mall shops, street shops. And things are getting are going back to normal. Eh? I have to say that people are already walking on the street, and and things are going back to normal. But not yet like a new normal. But are the mango back. shops open already? Mango shops opened last Monday. Yeah, uh, last Monday. But street shops, not mall shops. Malls are close, are still close, and it will remain closed, I guess, for a couple of weeks more here in Spain. Wow. And. Uh, I mean, uh, I was, I'm in the Netherlands right now, so I was looking at the statistics from Spain and I was just shocked at how, at one point it started rising like Italy. Mm-hmm. And how, how is it from your perspective? Why do you think it happened so crazily? Hmm. Well, I think here in Spain, uh, we were laughing at, I mean, it sounds not very polite, but we were laughing at the Italians when they were closing the country. I think okay, most like, of what? the countries were, were doing that very you aggressively. Know, we, we, exactly. We had we had a guy in our team. Uh, it's a Chinese guy, Fihan. They spent two weeks in January in China and 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 he was, you know, he was in quarantine there. And when he came back, he was two weeks at home as well, just to because of the quarantine and this. but. Nobody, you know, we are used to have happy endings here, you know, here in the, in Europe. Nobody, nobody trusts on the on the bad endings, on the on the worst scenarios. You know, it's we are used to that. We are used to all movies are um, we are we are all, always winning. You know, nobody nobody trusts on on the on the bad endings, and so I think he, here it happens. It happened always the worst scenario with the coronavirus no so it was like um, we were watching the news in china and we were laughing at the chinese they were building up a hospital in one week and it, we were all resending the videos on whatsapp and saying wow look at the chinese they are amazing but nobody was afraid of the coronavirus no and then even when the coronavirus started in, in, in italy um, nobody was afraid of that, you know. Nobody was afraid of that, and we were saying, "In, in, in oh, look at the, the Italians! They are just running away from Milano and Rome to the south, and you know." And suddenly, from one day to another one, the lockdown started, and and we were like shocked, you know. We were not ready for that. I would say. I, so I mean, pretty much, it was just a chill attitude that I'm used to around uh, Spain, and then nobody took it seriously, and that's why. Yeah, and, and yeah, I, th- I think so. I think so. Nobody took it seriously at the beginning. Um, at the end, the mis- our mistake was not to take care of ourselves before. Okay, it's just giving you an example. We didn't have masks 
enough in Spain. How is the whole mask discussion happening? Because right now in the Netherlands, they uh, are forcing it on the public transport. But Mm -hmm. I mean, I was walking, I remember, and people Mm -hmm. literally on the public transport right now do not have the masks. And then because it's it's uh, obligatory from the 1st of June on. So right now nobody's wearing it. And mm-hmm. then we kind of expect on the 1st of June, people will be wearing it. But it's, it's, I thought it would be so easy, like, oh, just wear a mask and then yeah. protect others because they are already doing it in Asia. So it's not like a new exactly. thing for the human race. But I never expected that so many people would be against it. How, how <laughs> is it in Spain? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in Spain, the mask issue, it, it's, it's been it's been a fight because even population was pushing was pushing the government to make it obligatory okay but the imagine that the the government was saying no 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 it's not obligatory it's it's just recommendable but just because they didn't have enough masks for all the populations right you now so at the end it was crazy and, and and even the the you know the catalan government the madrid government you know that this um province uh and, and you know governments in, in in spain they were pushing the central and the spanish government to make the mask like a must yeah and, and and it's like that but here in spain we are as we have the the you know the political issue like we are fighting all the time before we used to, we used to fight like catalan and span and, and you know and like spanish spanish and now there's a fight between the Madrid government and Spanish government, you know, because the Madrid government wants to reopen, wants to be reopened and wants to reopen all the business. And, you know, Spanish central government are telling them, no, no, you cannot yet. You have to wait one more week, you know, and they're fighting and people are on the street just, uh, you know, shouting and, and uh, asking to the government to let them reopen the business and this, you know, so wow. it's crazy because like, one month ago, we, we had 1,000 deaths per, per day. Even Madrid was collapsed. And, yeah, you know, just in four or five weeks, they're pushing to reopen everything, you know, like nothing happened and we forgot like everything. It's so crazy. it's it's we are I don't know if it's like we are a bit crazy in Spain, but we are we had a lot of passion and, and we live like that, you know, it's. Well, it sounds a lot like what's <laughs> happening in America as well. Um, yeah, it's a bit like that. A bit like that. Yeah. Cool. Sorry. Well, you see, also in Brazil, they are. Also yeah. in Brazil, they, they are. Yeah, they, they are. Brazil. I saw Brazil with... and Russia are going crazy up right now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyways. And they, uh, yeah, and that's, that's, it's amazing. But uh, we went a bit off topic there. <laughs> so, okay. Um, so let's go back to the the mango stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously everything you're explaining sounds super complicated. Um, I've only recently started um, like scaling um, startup funding event and everything. Um, and I'm experiencing this, um, you know, multiple country type of scenario. Uh, and one of the things that kind of, um, is hard for me to deal well what I'm trying to learn a lot uh, mm-hmm. is the languages but also the mentality and everything of dealing with this whole thing um, and obviously you've had a career leading up to mango so kind of if you look back at your career what do you think were the biggest learning lessons for you to be able to deal wow. with global markets wow 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 that's that's a good one um 
Or maybe I where guess, did it all start? Yeah, well, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you a story and, and I, I, I will tell you also the learnings because I had a lot of learnings, a, a lot of failures. Uh, I failed a, a lot. So each time I fail, I, I learn even even more than when I when I succeed. So I started Mango 10 years ago. OK, when I, I finished my 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 degree, my college. I would say my, my, my learning started like my last year of, of, of college when I started working at Sony, okay, Sony, the, the Japanese company for six months as a trainee. That was my first job when I started learning. Um, I was a marketing job, so I, I, I was doing forecast wherever. And I started learning how to, um, how to be at the office and how to manage myself at the office for the for first time. No, that was my, that was my first job. Then I, I left for six months to, to New what, Orleans. What did you do at Sony? Because I saw you were a brand manager. What does that mean? I was no in Sony. I was the trainee. I was like an internship, internship for marketing. Okay. So I was doing, um, the forecasts of sales and okay. you know that stuff. So that was my first job. Uh, and I had my first boss. So I was it was just a four hours per day job. But that was my f my first like formal job. Then I left for six months to as an exchange program with my with my college here in Spain. I left to I spent six months in New Orleans in in the U.S. Which I think it was my first uh, huge experience. They I, I opened my mind a lot and most probably my life changed with that experience of, of six months there. Why? I, what happened? It, it, it's, it's, I feel my, my, my career, um, it's been better or not depends on each point of view, but it, it has, it has happened, uh, some things that I didn't choose. Okay. Like going to new Orleans. I didn't know where I where, even, I didn't know, I wanted to go to Singapore. I wanted to go, do you know, this, those fashion cities where everybody wanted to go to just travel around to discover Asia. And I wanted to go to Bangkok, but I did a list. Okay. And in my list was New Orleans and I, I was sent to New Orleans. I didn't, I didn't even know where was New Orleans, you know, and, and then now, nowadays is one of my favorite cities. I've been there four or five times. Uh, so it's one of my, so it's something that I, it, I, it, I didn't choose, but I really enjoy it. And this is something I've learned a lot. Like sometimes there are, there are chance, uh, there are chances that you don't create to them, or maybe you don't create them or do you don't expect them, but you have to use them. You have to go for them. You have to, uh, you know, you have to enjoy them a lot and take profit from them. No, that was my, my, my first learning because I also, I spent my, the second half of the year. So I, I lived there, the Mardi Gras, which is one of the most amazing, like most amazing carnivals in the world. So, you know, I was 21, amazing. No, you cannot imagine. So then I came back from, uh, then also when I left to the, to, to the, to the U S I was, I was thinking on living in the, the U S dream, living on the U S. But when, when I spent six months there, I realized that how amazing is Europe and how, how I love living in Europe, no? So, but was why? So, what was the, because, was the because everything I, I, I felt, I feel living in Europe, everything is closure. Uh, you don't need a car for everything. You know, I was 21, so I, I had a lot of things in my mind. So I realized what is the real America and what you have there, no? And the way they are, they're, they're living. It's very, very different, different than in Europe. 
So I spent the six months there and then I, I came back and I started work. I started working at Mango. But how did I started working at Mango is they called me because they, need a, they needed a guy for the Middle East market as a product manager junior. Okay, I was 21. Um, I, I just um, I was I was in July or August, so I had the interview there, and most probably I started in Mango because they needed a guy, you know, because of the culture issue with the Middle East. I, I was not I, I never planned to work at retail. I I don't know I never planned to work because I, in my college they they teach me to work as a consultant as a you know um, like in in the food market you know like a PepsiCo and those kind of brands. I never thought about working at Mango. It was not in my in my mind, even though I liked uh, fashion and this, no, but as a hobby. So I started working at Mango, and then I had the first shock of reality because in Mango you have a culture of very strict, okay, very competitive, where and nobody is spending time at the having a coffee on the cafeteria, on the bar. Everybody is going to the bar, just taking the coffees and going back to the table, you know. You have to be uh, 9 a.m., 9 o'clock, like, you cannot be late. It's a very competitive, you know, and it was a shock for me. So I had to learn that at the, the first days I was, nobody's, is, nobody's listening music there, you know, because you need to, you need to listen the, the, the phone if someone from the stores are calling, you know, those, you cannot, if the owner see your screen and you are on Google doing or reading the newspapers, you know, you can be, in travel so it's it's a very strict culture so i learned that culture from from mango at the beginning it's also a culture where the company depends a lot on the people depends on the employees not on the systems no that's uh, so people are key at mango uh, that that was the, my first learning and that's that's amazing for for as a first job because you you learn about everything you have to do a lot of things okay so if you want the things happen you have to do them. You have to go. You have to call that guy. You have to push that guy. You have to um, go to the another office. You know. So I, I learn about doing all those things, and also I learn about being focused. No, I learn. I learn about being focused and working under pressure. Well, which was I would say the first my first learnings in in Mango. How did you then learn after, to be focused then? What happened? Will never, I will never forget um, the, my first experience, my first boss on Mango, that after three, four months there, and I, I will never forget because that was a Friday. That, that Friday I was, I was traveling to Amsterdam for the weekend. <laughs> so, 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 you know, so I was very exciting about because I, I still had that, that um, passion from the college where you have a lot of plans and you do a lot of plans with friends. So I was traveling to Amsterdam with my friends of, of college that I was very, you know, very excited. So that, that Friday, the boss called me and we went to the bar, we had a coffee and he told me, um, he pushed me, you know, he pushed me to uh, work more. F I mean, he told me, he told me, you want to, do, do you really want to be here? Do you really want to uh, to work here at Mango, you need to be in charge of the things you are doing. Okay, you are not a trainer. You are not a trainee. You have to be responsible of what you are doing. You need to be serious. Okay, you have uh, responsibilities. You need to go for that. So, so what was my that was my first um, shock of reality. Like I, 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 I left Amsterdam very depressed and like, oh wow, maybe they want to fire me or something like this. You know, 
Uh, I'm not I'm not giving to them what they're expecting from me. So since next Monday, I I was I was I was I was arriving to the office like 30 minutes before, and I was leaving like mm, one hour later, doing putting all my effort, and that's how I learned like a different way of working, you know, like, and you know I I, I and with that boss, uh, his name is Juan. Um, I was not talking. We were not talking because he 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 was not trusting on me, you know. That's why he 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 had that conversation with me, and in one month. I, try, I, I, I could completely change that situation and we are now very good friends. So I was very close to be fired and just being focused and being focused on the important things, being uh, at the office like early and you know, just taking care of my responsibilities. If I was not finished the work, I, I, I kept working at home, you know, I, but I, was it just, sounds, I was a kid. It sounds like, maybe it's a bit critical, but it sounds like such a fear infested culture then is if you compare that to um like a google or something like any of the silicon valley companies where mm -hmm. people listen to music and all that stuff like uh, how yeah how was yeah, yeah, how yeah. did you deal it, with it, that it, it is like that but i mean i was not i was not used to anything else so i was i was just growing up so for me it was good in terms of I really learned from that culture, like responsible culture, um, you know, then of course Mango has changed a lot from 10 years to now. Yeah. It has changed a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And those things are not happening now. Okay. But it, it, it used to be a very result focused and result oriented company. Okay. Even the managers were more, were more oriented on the results than on leadership and managing people. Really? Okay. Yeah, on but those did days. the people then stay very long in those days? Well, Obviously, it's ten be. years ago. It, 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 yeah, it, it, yeah. People used to stay a lot because you were learning a lot of things, and for us it was not weird, and the results were good, and and of course, and also ten years ago, the the, the world was different. I would say no, no. We were not we were not discussing about working from home. You know, the, the, the world was different. It wasn't another way of thinking, another mindset. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it sounds a bit old. I, I, I have to recognize that. But for me, and then also it depends on the manager that you have. But of course, if you are 21 and you are not, and the, your manager, you, you look not focused on and you are not responsible on and he cannot trust to you. And, you know. Yeah, I mean, at so, the same time, I also kind of get it. It's like a harsh boot camp that just teaches you discipline, focus, maybe not in the best of ways. But mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, the lesson gets through. Um, obviously, still very harsh, <laughs> but uh, but I guess that's what you mean with you started learning how to focus and how to get things done. Yeah, but it's also just one part of the game when then five years. I mean, I spent five years in Mango when I grew up from junior product manager to a senior product manager, then, then in 2015, like five years ago, after five years in Mango, I had the chance to move to Latin America to another company. Okay. So, and that, that's, that's a good one. That's a, that's a funny story because, um, I remember that I was, I was at home uh, just watching the TV on the sofa with my girlfriend. I, I received an, an, a message from LinkedIn from a headhunter in Spain, in Spain saying, 
Um, I have a, an offer from a company in Buenos Aires in Latin America. It's a fashion company in Latin America, accessories company. They want to hire something, someone from Mango or Zara because they know about fast fashion. I think your profile matches with the, with the yeah. position that they are looking for. Would you mind to have an interview, personal interview? So I was like, I had that feeling, you know, like that's my, that's my time. That's, that's the right one, you know? So I, the, like in two days, I went to the interview. It was in Barcelona in an in office. It was an interview at eight in the morning. So I just went there and I was very stressed because I had to be at the office at nine. And it, it takes like 20, 30 minutes to go to the office, no? So, and I didn't do a very good interview. I had to say that. I had to recognize I, had, I didn't do a very good interview. So I was in the morning, like in so a couple of hours after doing the interview, the headhunter called me. And she told me, I'm sorry, Mark, but your profile, it's not matching what the com what, uh, with the company needs. The company has refused your profile. And I was like, okay, how the company has refused my profile if it's six in the morning, 6 a.m. in Buenos Aires, you know? I had that, you know, so, but she, she told me like that. She didn't want me to tell me, you know, like, I have, I have considered that your profile doesn't match. But she told me like, no, the company, so I was like, no, please let me let me talk to a company. I think my profile uh, matches perfectly with, with with whatever they need. Blah, blah blah blah. But she told me, no, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, uh, you cannot pass to the next level. So I was like, mm, I I really thought that that position was was made for me, and I, I you know. So I remember that I had a friend from two years ago when I traveled to Philippines. So I made a friend, an Argentinian friend, okay? She's a designer. So I, con I, I contact her, like uh, by Facebook, I, I remember. Do you know that company, blah, 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 blah. How, what do you think about the company? Uh, and she told me, yeah, it's a very famous company in, in Argentina. I have a very good friend working on, uh, uh, working on it, <laughs> working in the company. So give me your, your CV and I will forward to her. So I sent I send to, the, I send to her the, my CV, she forwards to the friend. And I was lucky because that friend, she was working with the, one of the founders. Ah. So, you know, so my CV arrived straight to the founder. So I was, I was, I think, um, December 31st, something like this. I received a call and it was one of the founders calling, calling to me saying, are you Mark? I was like, yes, I'm Mark. Uh, so I, we just received your, your CV and I would like to organize an interview. Blah, blah, blah. So. And then on January, 1st, January 6th, I had the interview with them. And then I started, a, of course, a, a process about three, four months, you know, where I was doing a lot of interviews, a lot of calls we, because we have, the, we, there are three founders. So with one founder, with another one, with another, then with the, man, with the manager of, uh, you know, and they were looking for a, a manager of planning. Okay, but they didn't know how to organize it, so that's why I did a lot of interviews. So finally, I was hired. You know, I, I traveled to Argentina with my with my girlfriend, my 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 wife today, and we spent there one week. They invite to us, and yeah, and and we said yes, of course, and we and we moved to Argentina. You know, so first thing I learned is that you have to sometimes you have to take the chances that they come to you, and you have to go for them 100% especially when you had that feeling that it's your time it's your chance you know so then I started I was 26 
I was so young on, on those days, like five years ago, 26, 27. And I was in the, um, you know, I, I was in the, like with the board, I was working on the board. They didn't even know how old, how old I was. Wait, company, so this Argentina. is the Blue Star Group company? Yeah, this is the Blue Star Company. This, how this, so big was it? Because it sounds like it wasn't super big yet. It, no, it, 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 it wasn't super big. It's, uh, it was uh, 650 stores on those days. Um, I would say 250 million euros turnover per year. I mean, so, that's, that's still pretty big. Yeah, I mean, for me, I was coming from Mango. So it's like 2000 compared with 200 million, you know, but it is it is it, it is really big, you know, that so for me was a uh, I mean, it was a good promotion and it was a chance to really feel what responsible being responsible of the company, you know, because I was I started as a manager of the planning, creating a new team of planning, you know, because they told me I just want they, they told me I was replacing replacing one of the founders. OK, Mariana, she was in charge of planning. So I just uh, I just moved to Argentina to replace to place her and to evolve the planning uh, system and system. And because they wanted to be a fast fashion company, they told me I, we want to be a fast fashion company. But what so were they before that? They were a fashion company, but they wanted to be a fast fashion company means that they wanted to reorganize the, the, the company in order to be uh, more reactive, to improve the accuracy of their uh, garments. Okay, but they so used to how, buy... what's the difference? What's like a, a normal fashion company? Yeah, and... so a normal fashion company would be like Gap, for example, where they where they have um, an initial collection and they don't change so much the collection since the beginning till the end. Okay, of the year, they don't change that. Uh, yeah, of the season, I season. would say two okay. seasons per year. Okay, spring, summer, and autumn, winter. So they don't introduce so much new garments okay into the season okay so the collection the collection that they have when once they start the season it's pretty much the same when they finish the season okay but fast fashion companies like zara or mango that they introduced a collection at the beginning but every week or every month they are uh, refreshing the store refreshing the stores and you know after one the life cycle of the garments it's only one month Okay, but so what's the, the benefit of doing such a kind of crazy thing? You create, um, I would say you create a need, you know, because you are selling fashion garments. So, <coughs> sorry. So fashion is changing all the time and, you know, customers, they want new things. So that's a way of, by introducing new garments, it's a way of keeping the sales up, you know? Oh, uh, so it's just instead keeping people of, Instead of just launching a collection, and see how you know and it's it's a way of giving the sales up by introducing novelty it's a way of working with less working capital because you don't need that much stock at the beginning you are introducing new stock okay it's a way you know but to work like that you need to be very reactive of what's happening in the, in the store you need to read very well what's happening in the store you need also to have the tools to be very fast in order to see what's going on in the store. Okay, red is selling very good. So I need dresses in red, like dresses in red in three, four weeks. So you need 
uh, you need to have a, a strategy with your suppliers because you don't you cannot work with a six month suppliers six months time suppliers you know so <clears throat> so you need to uh, structure your company to work like that okay so Imagine so it's that, pretty much like a b split testing of web pages but you're doing it with clothes so if you see the red clothing cell two weeks later there's exactly. going to be more red clothing in the exactly store. exactly exactly at the end at the end if you are a fashion company if you're a basic a basic company like gap okay you will not work like that because the the, the basic ones are selling always pretty much the same but if you're a fashion company and you have a part of your collection which is fashion sometimes you will um sometimes you will be successful with your collection and sometimes you will not so it's about being very reactive if you are successful doing more about that okay designing more models like that if you are not successful and you fail with that models you need to decrease the prices you need to do small sales you know in order to liquidate those those items but it sounds to me like almost every fashion company should be doing that because through split test unless you're an ultra luxe uh, fashion company but exactly um, why what are the like why doesn't a gap do something like that what are the negatives of being a fast fashion company the uh, the negatives are that your margin in percentage are going to be lower because you need to produce closer means that uh, it's always cheaper in China than in Turkey. It's always cheaper in, in China than in, in Morocco. You know, it's always cheaper in, than in Spain. Or it's always cheaper to have your um, suppliers wherever it's cheaper. And then send sending your garments by, by sea. Okay. But if you want to play that game, you need to find your balance. You need to find which garments you're going to produce them on chi in China. And you're going to send, you're going to send them by boat. And which garments you you're gonna produce them in? For example, if you are selling in Argentina, which ones you wanna produce them in Argentina? If you wanna have your own um, uh, suppliers, means that you have yeah exclusive ex exclusive suppliers to have the capacity to produce more and more and more. You know you need to, and also how you are taking the decisions. Which tools are you using? No, of course, if you are following daily their reality in the stores, what you are selling, what you are not selling, what what's missing, what's not missing at the end. It's about sell, it's about following up what you are sending in the, in the stores and saying to the stores and comparing your sales with your plan. Yeah. So if you are be above the plan, it's it, it means that you need more of that. If you are below the plan, it means that you need to reduce price, you need to react. So it's about a read and react culture. Uh, I would prefer to say that fast fashion, it's a read and react culture in order to have the best assortment on the best timing, you know, and the best price and everything. So being so, a fast fashion company is pretty much just like a game of quantity. You have to be huge to kind of you to, get your margins out. Of course, you have to be huge. And it's I, I think I would say it's, it's about being uh, very it's about improving the currency. Because if your margin, your initial margin is gonna be lower, but if your accuracy, if your accuracy is high, you won't need a lot of sales because can, your can a startup can a startup or like is there some tech or something that can be a fast fashion company? Because it almost sounds to me like if there's a fashion designer interested in technology or something like that, like she's she or he will not be able to 
create like a fast fashion company it's almost going to be impossible no but i mean there are a lot of tools that can help a lot on that because at the end if you have the chance with all the big data that these retail companies have to read what's going on and what's the need in the stores and you can create new products with that um variables like color shape print size um wherever you you can take you can spread each product on those on those variables and you with with those keep with those um variables you can create new new items for example then you have you you can have a tool that it's helping a lot the designers on focus them how they can design or another another thing is how the buyers how you can help the buyers on negotiate the cost of the of the garments because at the end it's about being fast but it's about it's about also being very efficient and i need I, well, something we work on is on focusing the all the teams on whenever we wanted them to focus for example a designer if they have to design they need to know what's going on in the stores when what's being successful or not so if you give them the right information and you put them in the right way they can work you know you are doing their life easier and also you are creating a system where it 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 doesn't it 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 doesn't depend that much on people because at the end you're putting uh, all the information in in the right way in their hands which for me it's key in the in that business if you want to be fast and if you want to if you want to be efficient but I'm not saying this is useful only for fashion because I think this is useful for all business. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. marketing analysis. Yeah. So you're pretty much just so let's say uh, a small like company or designer wants to um, be like the next Zara or Mango or something like that. So then technically what they can do is what you're saying is just create the system that lays out the colors, all the variables like colors, exactly. shape of shape, the dress. Prince, and then you, you have it's size. like a Tesla car or something like that. You can only have like three different variables and then you change exactly. between them and exactly. then you just track like crazy every variable. And then you make like the dresses or the T-shirts or the whatever exactly. according to those variables. And then so pretty much you either need a super analytical person with a design sense or you just need like two co-founders one who's super analytical and one who's the designer and then mixing them together and then you pretty much can start a fast fashion company exactly 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 and and, and from our side we focused on uh, giving them the information in the right way i mean um when you are when you are a designer you don't want to you, i don't i didn't want that the designers were looking at the information and trying to see what was going on, what was selling the most, whatever. No, no, I was trying to give them like the key information to take the right decisions. Of course, there's a, uh, of course, they, they, they were doing an amazing and creative job. Okay. Yeah. But with those key information, I, I was, I was, we were helping them to do the right designs, you know, and that was happening with the designers that was happening with the, the merchandisers that they were deciding the quantities, the assortment for each market, for each store. So, you know, and that was, that was a, a, a challenge because uh, we were creating, tell, we had in, in Argentina, in Blue Star Group, we had two accessories brand, 
okay? One like for teenagers and the other one for, I would say, mid-age women, okay? Like Farfois, something like this. So, um, and we, we, we used to have 10,000 new items per year for each brand, okay? Whoa. In yeah, for yeah, 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 because we had jewelry, bijou, we had a scarf, we had bags, we had wallets, so we had all types of accessories, you know, and we, we were uh, located in, in small shops, I would say 80 square meters. So you needed to be very efficient with the way you were displaying everything, with the way you were creating the assortment, you know, and you had that assortment in two, in four countries. We were in Argentina, in Peru, in Chile. And in Mexico, and, and now in Brazil. So, but then, you quick, had a quick question: When you're playing this fast fashion game, don't you lose like your own style? Because when you're doing that quantity, how can you have a style? Yeah, I mean, actually, I think the key is to not lose your DNA. And so what does that mean? Yeah, means that um, you, you need to be very strong on knowing what your customer is and the DNA of the brand, okay? Something that has happened in, 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 in a lot of brands and in, it, it happens to us as well in, in Argentina and it happened to Mango as well is when you're playing, you playing the fast fashion game, it's easy to lose your DNA and, and to move from one customer to another one. Yeah. And so, some, someday you are, I would say more a 35 customer, you're creating a collection for 35 um, sophisticated customer and and you move to a 25 because you want to be focused you know sometimes you lose your um your north you need you lose you lose your dna and this is something that it happens to us in argentina and we realize that okay we need to have very we need to be very strong on our dna and not lose the north on that you know because um, at the end it's true that uh, because you can confuse the customers and you can lose some customers just because you know, you, you haven't lost your, your north. Yeah, they so, wouldn't know what you what to expect when they walk into the store. Exactly, 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 exactly. So, okay, so, so you go to Argentina, um, mm -hmm. you arrive, and what happens? Like, do they give you a team right away? Do you just take over a position? Yeah, I started, I started with a team. It was an eight-people team, the planning. Uh, they were very open-minded with... And, <laughs> I was I was um, a little bit stressing for me because I didn't know exactly what I was going to do in Argentina. So I had the I had the the, the, the project. I had the, uh, all this information, but I didn't know what I was going to do exactly in Argentina. So my my daily task on this, you know. So um, once I started, uh, my, my 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 challenge was to developing the planning team since since they started with the founder like. Would say four, five, six months ago, okay, on creating, because the point was that the design team was in uh, Buenos Aires, but all the buyers team, the merchandisers, were located in in the different markets in Mexico, in Chile, in Peru, you know. So the design team was creating the collection, and then they were sending pictures to Mexico, pictures to Chile, pictures to to do the buyings and, and, and you know, so the same, the same person, the same team that they were doing the buyings, they were creating the planning. Okay, so they were creating the planning and buying. So we say, no, no, we need to create a planning team very, very close to a design 
team in order to you know uh, work close and together and align the the collection on the on the planning and the forecast on the needs of the markets. So that was the first the first time. But then we realized that um the, the those merchandise that they were in the markets um they were buying the the garments and putting the quantities and the prices using just one picture so how come you know and and all the and then you know they were deciding the prices they were saying the quantities the without touching touching the garments and with less information than the final customer okay so we 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 were i mean we had a lot of travels because there were some garments that were too cheap or some garments that were too expensive just because they didn't realize about the size about the you know um, how big it is the you know the perception the real perception and and also because the system was created on the garments were received in mexico in chile wherever they were sent to the office in order to okay to check it and touch it on this and readjust the quantities so we were spending 10 days or two weeks more just because the the process was not very efficient okay so i was like okay if we want to be if we want to be uh fast fashion and we want to take and we want to be fast first of all um we need and and then also once we wanted to react it's difficult to react if you have your teams far away from the design you know from the one who has uh who has who is in touch of the suppliers and the, from the one who is um in charge of the collection so we said okay so we present a plan of um, centralizing and moving the merchandisers team from the markets to the headquarters so we create apart from the planning team we create a product managers or a merchandisers team we create an allocation team okay and we create a pricing team okay because another thing that happened is that the level and the kind the, the profiles the type of profiles that we had in those four markets were completely different were compl we were not using synergies we, we we were not synergies we were not using that so one of one team was working on with one tools and using one theories another team was working on another one you know also the structures were different one team was were, one team in mexico for example where maybe 20 people and in Chile were five people. So, so what we did is we create those teams in in the headquarters in Argentina. Okay. So everybody sent, from every country had to go to. No, no. We sent. What we did is we sent uh, one or two, no, two or three people from the markets. We send them. We send them uh, to the headquarters in Argentina. Okay. So, for example, a couple of girls from from Chile came to Buenos Aires. Uh, a couple of girls from Peru came to Buenos Aires and um, from Mexico as well. Okay, we relocate the rest of the team, or we had to. Um, I mean, we, they didn't they didn't uh, continue with us, and we create this new team in Buenos Aires. Okay, but of course we spend a lot of time thinking. Okay, how many people do we need? Um, how are we gonna organize them? Which tools? So it was like a new beginning. Yeah. Okay, how are we gonna work like? Because you no, know, like um, weekly meetings, some like sales meeting on on Mondays. How are we gonna work the sales meeting? What's the how how it's going to be the order of the day? You know, like you know, we create new reports. Okay, we need a report guy, uh, which uh, was Guido. Uh, he was my right hand. You know, and we create a new report to follow up the sale and everything. So 
we build, it's like we built up not a new company, but a new system of working in order to be more reactive in order so to be faster. So how many faster. people were you hiring? Forty, four zero. And the founders were aware when they were onboarding you that this drastic, I mean, just like that, 40 no. people joining. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. We, I mean, we didn't, we didn't hire 40 people, but the, the team that we create was 40 people because we, we, we collect um, the team from the Argentina team, this, these Argentina merchandisers that were already in the, in the same office, were located in different, different uh, site. But we collect you them just from brought the them all that, together from existing exactly, teams and then you just gave exactly, them all these roles exactly, and centralized. And plus the, 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 the team that we brought from the, those markets. And then, of course, we need to hire someone. Um, but I, I would say that, I mean, the team was a 40 people team. But before restructuring everything, you, if I have to... Mm, calculated uh, with the team in Mexico, the team in, that we had in Mexico, the team we had in Chile, it used to be 70 people. So we reduced and we optimized pretty much the, that team, you know, because it used to be 70 people if you calculate the team that you had in Mexico, plus the team you had in Peru, in Chile, blah, blah, blah. It, it were, they were around 70 people. But we create, the, team, the new team that we created was around 40 people. So we tried and to you be were managing efficient. all of them. Yes, I did. So how do you manage that many people and how do mm -hmm. you get that down from 70 to 40 mm -hmm. in a way without losing team morale? Yeah, well, actually, that most probably that's I would say that's one of my that that's the first time or not the first time, but the first a year and a half in, in Argentina was very successful. Results were amazing. And we created the new team, you know, everybody was amazed, like very happy, you know, blah, blah, blah. So we were on the right uh, side of the story. But after one year and a half, I mean, I failed by managing 40 people. I didn't know how to do it. Nobody, I mean, nobody teach me and I didn't, I, I, I hadn't learned it before because, you know, in, 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 in Mango, I was managing three people, but I was not even deciding about their salaries because, you know, my boss was deciding this. So I learned I, and, then, and then also I moved from a company, Mango, who was very uh, uh, results oriented, like very oriented or uh, yeah, focused on the, on the results, not that much on the leadership. Then in Argentina, uh, the company in Argentina was very focused on the leadership. You know, they have the service uh, year after year where the, all your team is evaluating you and and I failed. I failed. I mean, like uh, I, I, I lost key players because I didn't know how to manage them. I was acting um, not properly like I was close. I mean, I had a close mind. I was I was not close to them. I was not, you know, I was working in an office um, with the door closed. I mean, that because that was the that was the learning I had from the bosses in, in, in Mango, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I didn't have the experience and I, I that was my biggest do you have a Do you have a story to share where you knew like a moment happened and then you knew like this is it yeah. and you need to change it? The, 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 point is that, the point is that most probably I was not the best leader because I was far away of my team because 
as I was young, I mean, I was much younger than them, you know, I mean, I had people, most probably I was 20, I was 26, 27. So and the average age of my team was 32, 31. So I was so young and I had a lot of pressure. Uh, it was the first time in my life that I was feeling that pressure, which I like it. And it was very motivating for me, but I, I, I mean, I was, I didn't, I didn't uh, act uh, like a real, like my, like I am, you know, I was not acting like I am, like close to people, like normal, like I am right now with you. I was trying to be far, far from my team in order to, you know, um, the, you know, Keep the because, hierarchy. You know, I, exa exactly. I don't know, most probably because I didn't, I didn't feel safe or I didn't feel secure or I don't know. You know, so or because most probably because I, I thought that was that was the right way to act, you know, to be very strict, you know, with that culture and this. So when the results are positive, nobody nobody see that, you know, nobody see that you are you are changing the company, you are leading um, a, a new era or new cycle or whatever. Uh, you are uh, making a lot of money to the company, you know, uh, making a lot of money to the company. But once the results started going, you know, um, down below the plan and not, you were not reaching the plan, you were not reaching the goals. That's when that I realized that I was failing. You know, I was I failed. I was like, I failed. And then I would say that the, the last three, four months of the 2017 were the worst three, four months of my life. I felt completely alone. I felt like I was not handling. I was not, um, I was not doing my, I mean, I was not focused. I was not focused, you know, and I was spending 14, 15 hours per day working eh? I mean, but, and at the end, I, in December of that year, 2017, as every year uh, we went, we, we flew back, we flew to Barcelona to spend the holidays, the Christmas holidays. Right. And I was thinking and thinking and thinking, and I was like, and I finally I realized that I was a leadership. Uh, my issue was with the leadership, you know, that I need to be, I need to be more close to them. I need to be one of them, you know, I need to be one of them. I need to, to be myself like normal one, you know. And then I remember then I came back, it was January 6 or 7 or 8. I had, a, I had a meeting with my team and I said, I would like to apologize because I failed. We, um, and also I lost two key players of my team. I, I, I remember because I didn't know how to make them progress and how to make them um, grow. I was just focusing like, okay, you are good doing this. Okay, I was not thinking on how you can grow and like a career plan, you know? So that was also my mistake. Uh, so I remember when I came back from Spain, uh, I had that idea very clear, like, okay, uh, sorry guys, I failed because I didn't act properly. I was not a good leader with you. Um, I told them what I thought. I would like to, I asked them, what do you think? What do you think? Um, what, I mean, what do you think on this? And we were very agree with that. We, we what, were, what did the team are, say? They, they told me, yeah, yeah, Mark, because you are completely different. Uh, you are very, very different than what you are trying to be with us. So, so I mean, they, they were, 
just giving you an idea, um, just giving you, but I wasn't, I, I was never having lunch with them because I thought that, I don't know, you know, I thought it was not my, 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 my role or was not the, the, the thing I had to do. Or I was not, I, I was never having beers with them, you know, so I didn't know them, you know, that was my, that was my, I, I was probably my mistake. So I started to change. I started to be myself. I just started to be myself. I just started to, to spend a lot of time with them, talking with them, and and results changed a lot. Those two key players that I had in the team, I called them. I had a coffee with. I have. A, I had a beer with them. I convinced them to come back to the office to come back to my team. Okay, uh, the the two of them. I remember, which for me was uh, most probably uh, make, made me so 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 happy because I. Because I, I had the I had the feeling that I, I felt the company as well, you know. By yeah, uh, and then how did the founders the, uh, like t like did they tell you something about you acting yeah. that way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, the founders know me as I am, real I am, okay. But they realized, and 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 they really, I mean, we had a, an amazing relationship. Actually, we have an amazing relationship, and they told me. And when, when we realized about this issue with the leadership, we both recognized it. And they told me, you have, you, have, you have to improve, you have to learn. We'll put you a coach and this and that. Finally, they didn't put, put it a coach to me. Um, but I started studying a lot. I started doing a lot of classes. I started doing, you know, a coaching class that I paid by myself. What did you study? Um, like, obviously, this is I've also sometimes dealt with wanting to learn more leadership or we have team leaders. And like I did not know what to get. What did you study? I started doing a like a coach, um, like coach, like coach classes, like leader as a coach or something like that. Was the a course like that where they were telling, uh, they were teaching you uh, how to be a, a like a, a boss, uh, but also a coach, like not like with questions and how to lead the, the talks with your team in order to make them all make them, you know, feel more comfortable or to, to give them, you know, in, instead of pushing them to something with, you know, like a coach, like yeah. to coach to them, you know, because I, I, I feel like I really wanted to learn more about that. And to do where some did practice. you find the course? I was in one of um, business school in Argentina, EIA is one of the best business schools so yeah i was and then also i started reading again like books about business how to communicate in communicate in public i realized that i was also so focused on the on the daily work so i needed to to i need to read more about uh, i need to have more the global picture i need to read more about a new business new ways uh, of work you know uh, what's agile this new work this new way of working named agile uh, i want to, I, I did a lot of um, um like courses of uh speech uh, you know speaking public um, all, all these things so i started to learning a lot again and it was like a, a fresh air for me as well you know yeah i don't know I, I, it depends on, on 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 depends on you know the, the person and the each one is different, no. But for me, I, I had an amazing uh, talk with my team, very 
very very honest team where very honest talk where I talked I talked to them wherever I had in my heart and in my mind like I failed because of this this, this. what do you think and and we, they they agree with me and since that day I think we changed completely the relationship I felt very comfortable in the, in the, in in the office with them I felt I felt one like one of them then I started learning a lot again with different courses different book reading books articles um, and this that that changed uh, I think that changed everything and with the partners with the founders it was it was very interesting because um, they told me like they realized that they had a chance uh, had a challenge with the with the leadership but they really understood it like you are so young but we really they told me you're gonna you you are one of us because the way you are like we really were very similar like we are passion we are very responsible we think as an owners you know those things we were aligned completely aligned you know so they told me that you you just need to uh learn how to how to you, you just need to learn how to do you know because at the beginning most probably they thought that i was already i learned already that those things about leadership in mango or whatever or because of the results we're doing very good they didn't they didn't th they didn't think about that but but and then i understood how important is leadership in 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 business no and to get there uh, which i think it's it's key uh, i'm pretty sure it's key so how were, your, something... res how were your results after this whole change like no, what it, was it, they, they completely it changed completely the results yes because at the end when you when you have crisis and when you are not reaching the results if depending on the way you are leading your team and depend, depending on your leadership um, most probably you will be able to turn turn around the results or not because when you are managing a team of 40 people you depend 100% on your team you depend 100% you depend 100% on the team so um, so the way you are managing them it's it will make a difference like and the way you are uh, the type of profiles you have uh, you know it it will make the difference completely so so yeah I remember the last part of 2017 like very dark and I remember the first part of 2018 like with a lot of light you know sometimes your mind reminds those moments like very different so yeah and then uh, by mid of 2018 that's when i received the call from mango that they they proposed me to come back after three years in 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 argentina and why do they suddenly call you well because when i left mango it's true that the the one of the vice the vice one of the directors like uh one of the members of the board told me like you will come back to mango because you are part of mango you are you you are you have the dna of mango so i totally understand that you are you are going abroad you are going to argentina you will learn a lot but most probably one day i will call you no and then uh, well sometimes we, we were chatting how are you how would and and he and then they call me and they explain me the um of course i felt mango I felt Mango like in my in my plot, you know. Since even when I left Mango, Mango is yeah. I, I'm 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 part of Mango, and I don't know I don't know how to say that, but I I felt that I grew I grew up I grew up in Mango and. 
But after you learned everything in this new company, the shift of culture, how important it was, didn't you feel like you didn't want to go back to something <laughs> that pretty much yeah. made it bad for you? Yeah, 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 I was most probably the decision of coming back to, to Spain was very, very difficult because it's true that my wife wanted to come back or wanted to. Uh, it, it, it was not about coming back to Spain or not, but it was about being more close to Barcelona. Okay, we were already planning to have kids with my wife. So, um, so when I had the chance to come back to Mango, it was hard to decide because I had an amazing <coughs> opportunity in, in Argentina with an amazing conditions and salary, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But then I also had the chance to come back to Mango where Mango was in a bad moment on those days, you know, after three years in a row with losses, they were, they were trying to change everything. So, um, you know, I, I felt that that was a good moment also to come back. But I, I didn't know what to decide. Then I spoke with my coach, uh, with one, my coach in, 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 in the one in Argentina. I started with her like a couple of months ago. So, but I, I had a lot of confidence with her and I asked her, I asked her like, I don't know what to do. I explain everything. Nobody knows, just my wife knows, of course, no, but nobody knows uh, anything about the, this, this, this chance to come back and I explain everything. And, and she told me that decision is always taken by uh, how it depends on where you see yourself with your family and your kids. Okay, she told me, where do you see yourself and your family with your kids here or in Barcelona? No? So, or in Europe, I would say. So on that moment, I realized that, okay, we were, that it was time to come back because also it was like the results are, were uh, good again. The relationship with the team was amazing. You know, those two key players already came back to the, to the team. So it, it was like I, 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 I turned around the, 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 the situation and I felt like, okay, now I can, I can leave, you know, I will leave Argentina, I will leave the company, but in a much better moment than six, eight months ago, no? which for me was also very happy, you know, because at the end, nobody wants to, I mean, most probably I wouldn't leave the company on, on, a, bad, on a bad situation. Right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel, I wouldn't feel like, well. So, so before we go back then to, to the Manco part, so I just want to dive deeper a little bit into the, the management of 40 people mm -hmm. at such a young age. Um, mm. So, I mean, it's pretty much crazy. How do you deal with it? Uh, like, <laughs> do you sit down with, obviously I'm talking maybe more about that part of 2018 when the team is turning around and people are feeling happy. So what were you actually doing, like practical things? Were you sitting one-on-one? -on -one? Did you introduce like Thursday beers? Like what were you doing like exactly? Do you have some practical tips? Yeah, and the, well, what I did wrong is I was very uh, exigent. Like I was, I was pushing them a lot and I was, um, I was asking them like, to be perfect, okay, and without 
thinking on their careers and how they can be promoted, okay? So I think this is something I made wrong, that always expecting the excellent, okay? Um, and of course, I was like, my, my mind was like, okay, you will be promoted when you are uh, when you are excellent on that new position on that promotion what i didn't understand is that okay if if i want if i want him or her to be promoted okay she she or 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 he will never be good on this new position if they are not promoted because at the end you know they need to be good on this current position okay this something this something uh, i failed also I, another thing i failed is that i had a lot of a lot of talks group talks okay with all my team but uh, i had to i had to spend more time individual with individual talks this is something i changed from before and after and i it, 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 it doesn't matter if it's a junior one if it's a trainee or because it, it makes you feel what's going on and you uh, it makes you be more close to the reality of your team and what they are doing and to know deeper uh, the way they are working, okay? Because sometimes I was taking some decisions uh, being far away from the actions, you know, so... And how often and how long were those talks? Was it once a week for five minutes? Or? Once, once I, I, I was trying to have uh, these weekly talks with my team once, once per week, like with all the team, with all the team. And the individual once talks? Once per week. And the individual talks before uh, before the failure, um, not like I would say three four times per year. Oh, not so that was before, and then after how many uh, after did you do? I was trying I was trying to have uh, individual talks once per week or once every two weeks, and then also I, once, once every per week. week. But that's but you have forty people on the team, so you yeah I, with my direct reports, which were eight people okay um i was having weekly i mean every week I, I was spending time with them every week one two three times with the rest of the team i was trying to be because i was trying to be in touch with them once per week once every two weeks i was i changed the way i working and the change i was working like I, I was i was spending most of my time start to be spending with my team like Instead of being in my computer, I was, you know, with them. That's yeah. the, 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 that's the main change I did, and I I just be myself. I was being myself, even though I was younger to them. I was, uh, and I started going and have some drinks with them. That was, I started having beers with them. You know, when someone of the team was leaving the team, or it was his verde or her verde, they were organizing beers, and I started joining to them. I started joining them. You know, like, and they started knowing me, which was something uh, new for me. But I just opened my myself, and and I was one of them. One At of them. one point, you mentioned like direct reports, so that means you had team leaders in place, right? Yes. So, yes, how yes, many yes. team leaders did you have for forty people, and how were the teams structured? I had the the point. Um, that's that's another mistake I did. That I organized a team with. But for example, with the, for the planning team, I had uh, finally I had no five people for planning, no six people for planning. So I had six six people for planning that were reporting to me direct to me. And then I had 
uh, they had Josefina, who was the manager of the, all the merchandisers. Okay, so and she was reporting also to me. And then I had uh, a location re a location team. There was a head. There was one head reporting to me, and then we had the reporting team also reporting to me. So in total, we had six and three nine nine direct reports to me. That's something I learned that because I was trying to organize the team with as less people as possible. But sometimes uh, it's better to have less reports and more seniority yeah. on, on those middle management reports. Okay. Instead of, because I spent um, two years, three, uh, three years saying, no, no, I don't need uh, a manager for planning because I don't want to put one more person. Okay. Um, manager for planning. They will report to me. But what happened is that I end up being very far away from them because I, I had a lot of I had a lot of issues with with um, sales daily sales with the with the market and this and this, no. So something I learned is that it's very important to organize a team in terms of uh, not trying to be as less people as possible just because you want to save cost or whatever. You know what's the best structure. And what's and the, this middle management has to be very strong, and those are key, you know, to manage the team. So, yeah, actually, when I left the company, I told my I told the CEO, my my boss, I told this is this is my proposal of how I would organize my team, and and it was pretty different. Okay, instead of having one manager for all the merchandisers two different managers for all the merchandisers, one per brand, then one manager for planning, which I didn't have, you know, it was, uh, I spent time to reorganize everything and how I would do it and how I would organize everything. So that's, that's, that's something I would do. So you mm. pretty much learned the value of a mid-level manager then in that. Uh... I, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah, and how important is, yeah. If, and if you want to, if you attract um, key players or like um, high, huge talents, you need to create an environment with you know with high profiles. You need to hire another high profiles, and you need to you know it's if you want to have, for example, if you example, I, I was always thinking on, on football, but if you want a Messi to stay at Barcelona. You need to you need to you need to create a, an amazing team surrounding him. You know, so if you wanna if you wanna have a, a, an amazing team, you need to have an amazing team of managers. You know, not just with one amazing managers. Uh, if you don't surround him, you know, with a, a, an amazing team, and then also something I something I learned and for me it's it's key is that cult, the culture of the team it gonna it gonna makes a difference. So it's very important to keep the same culture with all the members of the team. Means that um, for, 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 for us in Mango, for example, nowadays in Mango, you, you see all the team and they have a lot of things in common. They are responsible. They have a lot of passion. They, have, they love, they are very social. They, you know, they are, they're very open-minded. They love, they have, some attributes in common that makes those cult that, that culture that matches with your culture and you know makes the flow uh, happen su successfully. I don't know. I think uh, this is key eh? because 
cult the culture of the of the companies for me it's one of the the things that you have to take very 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 serious because if you for example in argentina uh, we felt that we were losing our culture in the company mm -hmm. and we had to stop everything reoriented because as it was a family company the culture was very was very 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 in the field you know so you know everybody was so passionate was so responsible was feeling the company as you know as as as, as my company you know they were acting like that but as the company was started growing 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 we felt that we were losing those culture so we stopped everything and uh, and we reorganized things because we didn't want to lose the culture because that was that was making the difference and you know so that's that's something i learned a lot yeah. so so then obviously you go from argentina to uh, mango back but this time they're restructuring because i think they kind of also learned that the culture was important so how how does that process go of you coming back to mango after experiencing such a culture shift how is the culture different now at mango and hmm. yeah what were you yeah. doing when i came back to mango um that was three years after leaving mango so i found a company completely different and i found a company with willing to be another company like they were i found a mango with a lot of uh, effort on being on changing things, improving things, being more efficient. But why being was the leadership different, or what yeah, happened? Yeah, the, the leadership was changing. Uh, actually, I started uh, in July 2018, and two months later, um, the president and the founder of Mango just, um, I would say, just left the organigramma, the you know the the, stru the, the structure, and they put. And, and he put a new CEO, okay? He moved out from the, you know, the president moved out from the structure and and the CFO of the company started to be the new CEO, okay? So the, the, the leader was, was, an, was a new leader, you know? And, and, and the president sent the message that he was leaving the company, of course, not, not the, he was, of course, the owner, but he was, leaving the daily tasks of the company and the company was in the hands of of the new ceo okay and the company sent a message of we need to be more digital we need to focus on our profit we need to be more flexible and we need to change you know we need to be more efficient but the the first thing we we started to feel that things were changing because the organization of the company changed okay uh it everything it, uh, like the the, the 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 teams started working more together instead of being that much separate um the company started investing a lot of money on um on the digitalization in terms of uh, the tools that we are using um the it you know so we the company had a new it director which is he's a huge guy i mean it's uh, he's very very good so all the companies started to moving also in the same director in the same direction to this new mango that we wanted to be like this new mango in terms of being focused on 
the profit focused on the digitalization focused on to be more flexible you know so it started to happen that i found a company not maybe not like very very different but yes with uh, you know they were willing wanted to be very different and with this new leader and these new things that were starting started coming 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 in why did the president uh, initial president leave was what was the reason well he, he's almost 65 and and he felt that the company needed needed a new a new leadership okay and uh, i have to say that the the cfo tony used to be the cfo now the ceo yeah he he's very prepared and he's uh, he's an amazing guy um and i think he's the right guy to because the company uh, had lost for three years in a row to till f 2015 till 2018 so we need a change we need to we need to we need to change um we need to evolve you know in order to come back to the profit no move back to the profit again so so what were you doing so you came back and then what were you doing because now i think you also got a more senior position coming back and what were the first things you started doing so when they called me okay they told me um we have a project for you regarding the wholesale uh, department okay this wholesale department uh, used to be a very small department in the company but as it's a very um as it, as it has a very positive thing impact for the company they also it started to grow grow and grow and we had a lot of expansion on those markets okay and um and they realized that we need to be more professional and instead of it used to be a department very good on the service with the partners but we, we, we the, the department was was not leading their business you know what i mean was supporting on the buyings was supporting was presenting the collection very good on that but once they once the was the department was selling the collection no nobody cares about their sales you know how they were selling if they can sell better or whatever no so mango realized that we need to cover all the process not just the buying in terms of the partners they were coming to mango and buying the collection always also the way they were selling so we need to cover the whole process okay and, and we need to feel responsible of their profit and of of their business in order to create long-term relationships and in order to expand also their business and if we work on that way they we will also grow our business here in mango so that's that's the project we started two years ago when 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 i arrived they reorganized the whole team they my actually my, my position is new you know and we spread the team the sales team, my, my, my product manager's team are spread by uh, by markets. So we have the African market, we have the American market, we have the European, Middle East. Blah, blah, blah. And and the, the, the first thing we do, we did is, OK, we need to ask, we need to act as we are the franchises. OK, we need to act as we are the franchises and we need to be on their shoes. First of all, on the buying. OK. Um, and second of all, on the read and react culture, following up the sales, their sales to the final customer. Okay, so if I'm focused and I'm oriented on proposing to them the best assortment for their for, for their market, okay, 
it's and and, and of course they will it's like I'm I'm proposing to them that assortment of course they have more knowledge than than I do okay and they will change a few things but it's completely different than if they come to the showroom if they come to mango and they have they have to start the selection and the assortment from zero okay and more, so, and, and they don't have the information that the data that we have from their sales they don't have the information that we have from mango sales from all around the world we have the information of the designers we have the trends information so we have a lot of information if we mix all this knowledge with the right tools with their market knowledge and this also we started traveling i mean i'm i'm, I'm traveling worldwide but i think the so we changed the tools we improve the profiles in order to be um, more in charge of the business. We feel responsible not only of Mango's profit, also for franchise pro profit. So that's been that's been a process. I would say that how we are today, it's completely different how we were one year ago, even not two years ago, one year ago. And also I have to say that this coronavirus crisis, um, when when it when it started. It, it 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 i mean we we were in a in a very good position in order to uh change the forecast change all the strategies and create these new strategies yeah, that's that's true of course no because we knew perfectly the markets we knew uh, we had everything clear you know we we've we've worked that more proficient that we used to do that's 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 for sure so pretty much your position coming back to mango almost made mango ready for this like if you weren't if you didn't start back then it gave you a couple of years to pretty much prep and get ready for something like this just because Sorry, you so, have, well, just because yeah. you have more data now to play with you're more in touch with the franchisees and everything if you exactly. didn't come back and didn't like if this step wasn't taken back then when the president left then Mango would have been even worse off right now. Well, nobody knows, nobody knows, but um, I think um, the president uh, decided that because they had a vision and they considered that the company needs a change. Uh, he did, I think he did an amazing job along the three years before from 2015 because the company lost a little bit the DNA and he was very focused on uh, recovering the DNA of the company, which for us has been key. But I guess he realized that the company needs another leadership, uh, maybe with another profile, I don't know. And he, he is also 65, so he, I don't know, he felt maybe um, how is it, that the how company is it needs like a change. Working, how is it like working now at Mango? Can you listen to music? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and for example, yeah, yeah that, that's it sounds funny, but it, I mean, it, it's 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 about the culture and people are used to that. But since last year, um, since last year, we are able, we have a flexible timing to start to arrive to the office and leaving to the office. Means that like since one year ago, we had to arrive at the office at nine. The, the, the timings were from nine to six thirty. Okay, but since one year ago, you can arrive from eight to nine thirty, and you can leave from five to six thirty or seven. I don't remember. Yeah. So this something it changed, and it was a big change for the company, you know. And then, when the coronavirus crisis started, the company was already testing the home office. So, so when when the the, the coronavirus started, 
uh, we were already implementing the, the, the home office. So we, we had the technology to work from home. What technology are you using right now for the... Well, you are using a VPN, uh, the Global Protect. I think it's its name, uh, Global Protect, something like this. It's a VPN where you can connect to the system of the company. Okay, and so, and how do you communicate? Do you use Slack or we, we, use, we use We use Teams. We use Teams. Teams, okay. How's your yeah, experience been with Microsoft? Very good, very good, very good. Very good. I mean, uh, it was funny because two months before coronavirus, in this, in companies started uh, sending a lot of emails like, we have to use more Teams, we have to communicate, because part of our team, uh, our, our operation team, our regional team is traveling around and it's it, they are our eyes in the market no so you know so we had a lot of potential by using teams with them because they were traveling and you know in order to have better communication with them and to have calls with them as well as with our partners of course no but uh, so we had the, the chance to improve the way we were communicating with them no so in january or something like this in december the company was pushing us to use teams more here you have, and they 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 started with uh, training programs with you know about teams, how to use teams, uh, what kind of things you can do with teams, blah, blah blah blah. So once the crisis started, I think we did. I mean, we we had done the homework before because we had the technology, we had the teams already. Teams was already in the company. And it's, so it's not been something new for us, no? So How do you been... chat together? Like, what is the, like, do you use a, like, is Microsoft Teams, does it also have chats and everything? Yes, yes, we have chats, individual chats, group chats, we have, um, okay. yeah. So everything and we are doing also the calls with the partners through Teams. So, and we have Teams in our phone, we have Teams in our iPad or in our laptop. So we're using Teams for everything. Yeah, we use Slack. That's why I'm asking. And ah, uh, we use okay. Zoom as well, obviously. Yeah. So yeah, and now everything changed. Everything changed because we are we've been working from home for the last two months and a half, and we changed the way we're working. We changed completely the way we work. We changed the way we communicate. We changed. We had to change. Most probably, we were used to work with a long-term goals. No, saying like, okay. The goal for this this season goal nowadays we are working with a monthly goal like short term goal. The communication has to be, it's I I don't know what to say it has has to be daily communication. We have daily communication, you know, to be clear and to be focused on the okay from for this week we have these three topics where we have to be focused on okay and then you start the week like this you do the follow up and at the end of the week you so. I feel like, and I don't know, all the team are very happy with that, the way we are working, they are um, very motivated. It's also true that working from home needs, is pushing you to be more, to, to be more, um, I don't know, to be more independent. It's like you don't have your boss there, so you are more autonomous, you know? Uh, autonomous, so, yeah. Yeah, you need to be responsible. So those soft skills that we were, uh, before the crisis, we were saying no. That's this. That's those soft skills like being responsible, having passion, you know, being trustable. Uh, I think even are more important now than before because at the end. Uh, but 
how how has it affected um, the productivity of your team and maybe also communication? Like, do you feel it went down? No, 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 no. I I think it went up actually. Really? I Why? I think it went, I because I think we are now better organized. Okay, for example, if I had, if we came back to the office now, there are some ways of working that we have implemented now. I would keep doing it, you know, like these short-term, these short-term um, goals that we are now uh, following up, that we are putting, uh, I'm putting to team, um, this way of organization that we have, and this, the, these communication um, flows that we have now, I would keep them, you know. Yeah, I, I think that are very useful. I know now. Now all meetings are are starting like on time. You know, like on all meetings are starting on time. It used to be like that in, at the office. Those things, I don't know. I, I feel we are more efficient now on 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 this on, on this. How do you feel uh, if you know you go back to the office as things are reopening up and like it'll kind of go back to normal? How is it? going to change that effectively like will you implement half days at working at home or like will you implement working at home on a more well we haven't we haven't decided we have not decided yet so there's no a final decision but i feel we will have a hybrid like a mixed home uh, like home office and working you know working at the office actually since last week we started to go at the office at least my t- like my team we started to go at to the office one morning per week like wednesday morning we spend uh, the morning at the office we work together uh, and it's also very useful because and i'm I've, i'm focused on having the best uh, of working at the office and focused on the having the best from working from home i think if we can mix the the, the two ways together we can have a, a an amazing life quality, um, life balance, um, huge productivity, blah 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 blah. So and also each team has to adapt. No. What are the benefits for you working at the office uh, that you really only get at the office? Well, it's it's true that for example, for the new um, process that we are implementing, like new ways of working or new things that we are doing now. Okay, when uh, as we have a team uh, spread on um, countries or uh, geographical areas, no, we have the responsible for Africa, responsible for Europe, North Europe, blah, blah blah. So as we are starting with new tools in order to create a, a buying proposal, analyzing sales, of this, by being together in the same table, it's also it's easy to, for example, one person has adapt, one person has a. Uh, a proposal of improvement proposal or something like this it's more efficient to be at the same table and you know maybe in one hour two hours you you've jumped you know from one point to another one uh, there's something for example i felt and also i don't know but um, my team loves to be uh, in touch with the team loves, loves to be to spend time with the team. so it has also a a, a psychological, psychological yeah. impact but that depends on the people it depends on the teams depends on everything yeah I, I think it's also you have to adjust i mean each team each department it's wherever has to be adjusted 
to their reality and their needs and the way they they work and, 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 and so whatever. Being in the director position before the Corona crisis, were you flying to all the franchisees or does somebody from your staff do that? I, I, I was flying with my staff. So I, I try to, to, to fly always with my staff. How is that going to change now after the Corona crisis? That's, that's, that's a question. Well, for example, first thing it's changing is that we used to have physical showrooms in Barcelona where all the franchisees were coming. So something we are we are working on is on a virtual showroom, okay? So something that I feel that this coronavirus crisis, I don't feel it's it's creating a new world. I think I feel that it's accelerating new trends that were already here, but maybe uh, the companies were not betting or were afraid to do that. Um, you know, like home office, like e-commerce, like blah, all these things. So I feel. Is uh, those things are accelerating. For example, we used to have a bit. We we have a B two B a B two B e commerce. Okay, through we sell the collection and our franchises are buying the collection. So we we had already a franchises that were not coming to Barcelona in all the showrooms. Maybe just two, two twice per year or once per year. You know. Um, so they were using the the online tool a lot. So we already invest a lot of times and invest a lot of money to improve that tool okay so we, we, what we have to do now is to improve it a little bit more because most probably the franchises are not coming will not come to barcelona at least for this year most probably huh? yeah so this this is something it, it's changing and regarding the trips um i mean, it, I mean it's true that that what what has changed a lot is the relationship with our franchise in terms of virtual relationship right we before of this crisis we were not very used to have a weekly calls or like a monthly calls we, we started with that uh, okay but uh, i would say that uh, the, those those calls were cold no because it depends on the franchisee if they if they have the culture of or they have the tool or you know no, nobody nobody knew what was zoom before the crisis I'm saying that just I, I, no, I'm I get sure it. like most of the most of the people, you know, most of the people who are using Zoom now, um, they didn't know what was Zoom before the crisis or Hangout or Meet or even Teams, you know. Yeah. So that has changed completely the way they they're communicating, and, and and both sides, you know, because sometimes you are we were trying to have a call with the franchisees, but we were using WhatsApp, you know, WhatsApp, and it was like kind of weird you know it was cold but nowadays you can nowadays we are using teams we're sharing the screen we're sharing uh saying the results we're presenting a model it's everything it's like easier on that side no so i feel that we will continue traveling to the countries of course but that value that we were getting from the visit in terms of relationship in terms of engaging with the and, and, and having the closer relationship with the partner, we will not get it. We will not get it from the trip because we will, we we have already got it from the calls, from this new relationship, this closest relation, closer relationship that we have created with them. No, so we will travel, uh, but with a very, very focused oriented, very goals oriented. You know, like very, 
we have we have these these and these and these and we really have to go there so to, do you think you will to, travel less to, most probably a bit less a bit less i think a bit less i i, I will travel i think so but i mean i was traveling a lot but because we have a, a lot of markets so for example um, uh, one of our main markets are, is chile but in, I, I was traveling to chile once per year once so so each country i was visiting it like not very often like once per year once every two years so i was traveling a lot but to different markets what i think it will change is about traveling just to have a meeting that that will be that would change for sure and also it will change to travel to the same country again and again and again and again and again you know so it depends you know it depends the way you work the, the value that creates the creates you traveling but i think the first thing it will change is that traveling just for a business meeting that would for sure uh, i think be will be removed no that's what i think so and so um how many stores do you guys have in the netherlands do you know that? uh yeah we have around i think we have 25 stores something like this we have we have women kids and men in netherlands so yeah. so you travel actually, a lot here actually, uh, no i'm not i mean um the netherlands stores are corporate stores so i'm not managing them oh okay oh they're so actually, from mango themselves they're not franchisees exactly 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 so but it's funny because in netherlands when this crisis started and the lockdown started netherlands was one of the um one of the markets that when when the stores reopen the sales went back to normal figures faster really yeah because when yeah, did yeah, the yeah, stores yeah. reopen that was a week ago uh, yeah like no it was before uh i would say three weeks something like this it was more or less like germany in terms of timing it was more or less like germany so it was beginning of may or something like this so once the stores reopened the the sales uh, went back to normally to the normal figures like very fast but I think it's also partially how did the government took care of uh, the people. I mean, it wasn't completely perfect, but it also they made sure that if um, businesses took a loan from the government or got support, that they wouldn't fire people. Um, and I think that had a really big uh, change. I, I read somewhere that if you adapt the American model where you literally just give the money to the people, Whereas you do what the Netherlands did, and I think Germany did that as well. I'm not sure. Exactly. Where you exactly. go to the businesses and you put the, you say 80% will pay, but uh, you have to guarantee that you don't do not fire people. It seemed to mm -hmm. work a little bit better, I I think. Well, we'll see obviously after Corona crisis, but yeah, nobody but yeah. knows. But yeah, I think so. I I agree with you. Totally super interesting story we're kind of already uh, naturally wrapping up with that as well i think one of the questions that i always ask and it's one of the audience requested ones is uh, what um what are the biggest learning lessons now that everything is laid out like if you look back at kind of everything that you did from the internship to you know the second time at mango now like the biggest learning lessons that you would give to our audiences mm, for me the biggest learn the biggest learnings it's 
um, first learning is you will make a lot of mistakes, but you have to do you have to make them as fast as you can. So, like if you want if you're gonna make mistakes, you will make them for sure. But it's better to 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 make them fast. It's like you know. Another learning is leadership for me is key. Leadership uh, and it has to be a natural leadership. It's also key. Soft skills for me are key today and tomorrow. I think soft skills something that you cannot buy, you cannot uh, learn, I mean develop, and it's something that I mean if they know Excel or they if they know Excel or they know how to manage Excel or not, you can teach them, but. If they are passionate, if you can trust them, if you can, you know, if they act as the company, as as an owner of the company, those things, uh, and also makes the culture, which is another key variable, I think, on, on on success, on success. I mean, I think also culture is key, and um, something that has helped me a lot is on being very flexible, and being um i've been able to adapt very easily to everything no for example i i i left to buenos aires and argentina with a it's a it's a country with a very difficult and very tough economic situation economical situation um, it's a very complicated country in in, in those terms and uh, i mean the, even the company hired two directors coming from zara which most probably they were the design directors that which, which most probably who most probably they were much better than than I was and they were they had a huge experience you know in their shoulders and they were you know but they couldn't manage the situation of living in a, a country like Argentina they couldn't match with the culture of the company uh, and they didn't work you know and, and most probably and I'm 100% sure that they were Mm, they had more talent than I than I had. Uh, they had more experience. They know. I mean, they were um, an amazing profiles, but they didn't know how to adapt. They were not flexible enough, most probably. So they failed. You know. So that's something, and especially on those days when, where um, nobody knows what's going to happen in the future. No, no, nobody. Nobody thought that Trump was going to win. Nobody, Trump, nobody thought that Brexit is going to happen. Was going to happen. Nobody, nobody thought that um, COVID and coronavirus was coming and was going to happen something like this. So being flexible and being able to adapt, I think it's gold for companies. Right. I I love those lessons. Um, and then last uh, question that I'm always interested in is. Do you read any books currently, or are there any big books that you would definitely recommend people read? Yeah, I'm reading a book. Uh, I know the, in Spanish it's um, it's it's a book named. I'm I'm reading a, a lot of articles. That's for sure. I'm reading a lot because I did a master last year, sponsored by the, by Mango in in here in in ESE. It's a PDD, like a, I'm, I'm, I'm like a special of MBA and this. So I, I had a lot of cases, business cases and this. But I'm reading a book, which I don't remember the name right now. And I have it in Spanish. I will send it to you. It's about uh, excellent companies compared with the good companies. Like for the last 40 years, 
those companies that had, had gained a value in the market above of the average of their of their of the market so and what 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 things they have in common like leadership they have a lot of things in common and, and uh, that book talks about that is there an english version of that book yeah it's a uh, jim collins i think it's a jim collins book okay cool i'll check it out yeah definitely send it so we can put it into the podcast notes perfect thank you so much for being on and i think with that we're kind of wrapping it up then so that's it thank you very much thank you if you like this episode you can check out our most recent one here and if you haven't already make sure you click here to subscribe and see the next one but if you're interested in more tips and tricks then make sure to join our facebook group where you can find thousands of like-minded people and you get direct access and support to any business question from the entire startup funding event team